You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. I'm Dr. Heidi, your host. Are you frustrated in trying to find answers about your relationship? You know, have you been Googling how to fix my relationship or how to become a better spouse or how do I get along better with my mom? Why do I always feel like I have to, I have to be working so hard in this relationship? If you found yourself seeking answers about a relationship in your life and all you've come up with is confusion, join the We're In It Together community. You can find that on my website at Coaching with Dr. Heidi. What I've created there is the place where you can find out the information that you're going to need in order to make the decision on the relationship that's best for you. These relationships are very confusing. Why are they confusing? Because they're not bad all the time. So we hang on to the good and we pretend the bad didn't happen. And we hope every day that it's going to get better. Learn what you need to learn. Get the information so you can make the decision on who in your life is healthy for you and who in your life is not. The We're In It Together community is open for registration right now. And the first session is set to begin on March 8th. If you want more information on, on this program, go to coachingwithdrheidi.com and all the information is right there on the We're In It Together community page. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Bridge Your Life of Toxic People. I'm Dr. Heidi. You know, I was talking to a lady the other day, and although she really wanted to work with me, she was readily prepared to admit that she was very frightened of the healing journey. And, you know, when I thought about it, I guess I was kind of frightened too. In fact, I was, I was frightened about everything. And I, you know, if we leave this, and this is what we know, and we go into that, and it's something we don't know, there's so many what ifs that it makes it very scary. Now, I don't really know when I left that I even realized there was a journey to be made. Like, I, I really thought I got in this, my life got really hard, everything got really difficult. If I get out of it, my life will get easy and everything will get less difficult. I don't think I really knew that this had a huge impact on me, my emotions, my thinking, the way I interact with people, the way I see myself. I don't know when I left that I knew I was going to have to reprogram all of that. Now, we know that we are stepping into something that we are unfamiliar with. Unfamiliar is scary. We also know we do not want to hash out what happened. We buried it once. We don't want to bring it up because if we bring it up, we have to go through the whole entire event again. So we know that that part is going to be scary. We lived it once. We made it. We don't want to talk about it. We know no one tells us because nobody understood when we were in it. Now we're out. There's still nobody that understands. But you're feeling very off. You're feeling very off balance. But you're out. So why are you not feeling better? But listening and learning as you go along, you, you realize this is something that actually requires recovery. Lovely. You know, and it seems like a process and it seems overwhelming and it seems scary and it seems difficult. And you know what? 
it kind of is. So how did Dr. Heidi start her healing journey? Oh, that was easy. I just left, moved, relocated, started over, tried to find friends, and then I acted like everything was everything was good and I was happy. Because that's what I'd always done. I became a very good actress. I could pretend I was happy in the most stressful, chaotic, dramatic instances. And Dr. Heidi is just smiling, right? Oh, I'm happy. If I had a dollar for every time I said one of these phrases, I'll be fine. I'm fine. It's fine. It's going to be fine. No, I'm all right. Really, it's okay. I feel like I probably used my quota for sure. And the rest of you have used everybody else's quotas, right? Uh, it, was, it was all good when I was acting happy until I had a certain person come into my life who wanted to know how I felt. How do you feel? How do you feel about this? Are you okay? What are you feeling? Let me know. I want to, I want to make sure that I can support you. How are you feeling? What? How am I feeling? I don't know. And they get frustrated when we say, I don't know. But guess what? Do you know why we say, I don't know? Because we don't know. We have had people in our lives telling us how we're supposed to be feeling for a very long time. You know, nobody's asking us how we feel. People are telling us how we're supposed to feel. We heard phrases like, you shouldn't feel like that. Now, now, why do you feel like that? Oh, you're, you're overreacting. You know, you don't have to always be so sensitive and you should try to take some constructive criticism. You know, why do we always have to talk about your feelings? What about my feelings? We've all heard those lines and more. So how do we know what we're supposed to be feeling if somebody's not telling us? Now, if somebody's asking us, we don't know. You know, in emotionally abusive relationships, the abuser wants to be able to control your feelings and your emotions, because if they can say or do something that makes you feel something, they like the power of knowing they can cause you to have an emotional reaction. You know, they do this by saying things and doing things that bring emotions out, happy, sad, mad, angry, upset, frustrated, guilty. Those are all emotions. And the toxic personality figures out very quickly which emotions you react to the best. And guilt is a big one. There's a podcast on guilt. If you're struggling with guilt, I suggest you listen to it. Now, because our feelings have always been judged or criticized or questioned, we started learning how to read people. And we started not feeling or not showing our feelings until we knew that we were solid in how somebody else thought we should be feeling because we didn't want to get criticized. We didn't want to get told we weren't supposed to be feeling like that. So, so when someone asks how we feel without any indication of giving us a hint on how they want us to feel, we don't know. We try to read people. What do I think they want me to say? How do I think they want me to react to this? Because if I react in my own way, it's really not going to be very pleasing to them. So I'm just going to wait until I sense how they want me to feel about this. And then that's how I'll feel. So we become numb to our own feelings. 
Because when we had them, they were not right or they were inappropriate. We take, we take our, all of our feelings and we stuff them away because they never really mattered and they got hurt a lot. Nobody really cared. And I think I went through my entire life with three emotions or thinking that there was three emotions, happy, sad, or mad. If I wasn't happy, I was sad or mad. And if I was feeling good and people were treating me well and everybody else was in a good mood, I was happy. But if people were causing anxiety or causing chaos or criticizing, I was in a bad mood. It was, it was this one or this one. I didn't have these 80,000 emotions that if you look up, there is about that many. And even if, even if I looked them up, I would have no idea what they felt like. I was happy, I was sad, or I was mad. Now, when I first started feeling my own emotions, it was completely uncomfortable because you start feeling things and you don't know why, and you don't know if it's appropriate. And it was much easier when you were relying on somebody else to tell you how to, how you should feel, because then you knew you were right. And you wouldn't get all of the wrath of, why are you feeling like that? So we protect our feelings. We pretend we don't have them until we know what other people want us to feel. So I asked several of my clients um, what the most painful part of their healing journey was. Now, most of these, when I asked them, were just recently out of the toxic relationships in their life. Carla says, the hardest part and the most painful was the trauma bond the first six months. Me not knowing what was happening made me feel very vulnerable. The pain of losing so much that I had worked for and worked so hard and losing those closest to me. Connie said the most painful thing was the kids. I hated watching them go through it and I hated feeling them turn on me. Another part was knowing that I had to be the bigger person when I wanted to be just as rotten as he was. Rachel said the most painful part was reminding her brain that he is who he is. He lied to her. He manipulated her. He controlled her. And when she was trying to heal, she kept forgetting that. That was a hard part to accept him for who he was. Painful also was the isolation because when I was going through this, I gave up all my good relationships for him. Kelly, not having control over what my ex was doing from day to day. Laura said, losing everything and starting over. Trusting myself because all I heard was the voices and the records that had been playing in my head while somebody else was telling me how I should feel. Regina said, letting go of the dream of what I was hoping for. Shannon says, accepting that the relationship is not going to be and will never be what you wanted it to be, no matter how hard you try. Me, this is what I thought at first was the most painful part of the healing process. The fact that they just move on. They act happy. They act like they didn't even know you, like you didn't even exist. And I'm running around here in the dark with no direction. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I think I'm sad. Maybe I'm sad. Maybe I'm happy. I should be happy because I'm out, but how come I don't feel happy if I'm out? And 
when you look at how they presented, very calm and all put together. Painful also uh, was the pull that I perceived there was on the kids and the other people we knew. Um, I knew leaving that that was going to be something because a toxic person wants everybody to know their side of the story and it's going to be your fault. So that was, that was difficult for me. And the loss of what I'd worked for and all that I had invested and then the loss of my children for five years, that was painful. Now, if you think about what I just read, all of those people, when you initially get out, you think it's painful and it is. The whole thing is painful. But all of the people that I asked, what, what they perceived as the most painful part of healing were the things outside of themselves. It was the former toxic personality that their attention was still on. They were feeling revenge. They were angry. They were upset that their voice hadn't been heard, but their attention was still on them. It was on the kids. It was on the stuff that they left. It was on trying to play their game, you know, trying to make them see what they did. Okay. Again, because we have been trained to have our attention on them all the time, it's, it's only normal that when we initially get out, that's where our attention goes because that's all our brain knows. We're trained that if we don't have our attention on them, we're not going to be safe and we don't know what to expect. So it's very normal for people to have these type of things when they first get out, thinking those are the most painful parts of healing. But I was very, very wrong. Real pain, the real painful part of healing for me was not knowing how, not knowing I had to, and not putting myself first and pushing myself to do the healing, to find myself, to, to really retake charge of my life. Because I, I didn't know I had to do it. I thought I was out. Things should be good. But the real pain came when the way I processed things and the behaviors I had learned were hurting the people I loved. I, I was broken hearted when I would react to something the way I reacted in my former relationship and it would hurt somebody that I loved, but I didn't know how to stop it. I didn't know how to change it. I didn't know how to explain it. I wanted people to understand, but it was almost like the more I tried to explain it, the more I appeared like I was, I didn't know what I was talking about. And then I got frustrated because people didn't understand me. And then immediately I felt broken. So we feel like there is something wrong with us. And now, since we've been through trauma, there's a valid reason that there's something wrong with us. Why can't we communicate? Why do we always feel like people don't like us around? Why are we always worried about being accepted, being good enough. We don't want to be seen. We don't want to be judged. We're very, very low self-esteem and we have very, very low worth. That negative self-talk, you know, those deep, dark spiral holes that you get sucked in. You know, it's it was the hardest thing for me because I didn't know how to fix it. I would be stuck in these cycles of why would anybody want me? I don't really deserve this relationship. It's way too good for me. You know, I feel like I'm ruined. I feel like I'm ruining people around me. I'm crazy. I don't know how to express myself. I'm pathetic. 
I'm broken because we don't know how to make our feelings work for us. What we're doing is we are playing those same things that we heard in a toxic relationship over and over and over in our head. And we don't know any other way to process it because we've been processing it like that for so long. It's painful and it is scary to put yourself out there, to meet new friends, to discover yourself, to be vulnerable. You want to become yourself? Okay, that's all great, but wait, who is myself? And where do I start? I lost so much of myself when I was in that, that when somebody wants me to be myself, that's another thing that you basically go, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what I like. I don't know what makes me happy. I don't dare make decisions. I don't dare change the brand of laundry detergent that I buy because what if it's the wrong decision? So we struggle a lot with these negative thoughts about ourselves and they keep covering up our real feelings and covering up our real identity and covering up who we really are. You know, I didn't really realize how bad my negative thought process, processes were and how much I was hurting those people around me by mostly by the way I felt about myself. Now, thought patterns in the brain, this is not my specialty, by the way, as they repeat, your brain remembers. And so when you hear things and then you're told how you're supposed to feel about it, you learn that. So by the fifth time you hear something, you're trained that you're not supposed to overreact and you're not supposed to feel that way. And you should feel like this because I think you should feel like this. And once those patterns are learned, and you know how to respond to the person and you know how to feel the way they want you to feel, those brain patterns kind of turn into circles. And then anything that happens later on, those circles are closed. So you get something that reminds you of something or somebody tells you something or something happens that is similar to something in the past, you're, you're gonna react the same way because, oh, we knew this and we did it enough to know that this is how we react. Okay, some of the ways I found myself thinking all mixed up, I was processing things ridiculously and I didn't know why. And it was so frustrating to me because I couldn't figure it out. But I developed these kind of warped senses of reality through a toxic relationship, through my survival mode in toxic relationships, learning how to not cause conflict, learning how to keep people happy, learning how to feel the way you're supposed to feel because somebody said so. And one of the things that I really struggle with, and I am certain many of you do too, is one single negative event would have me saying always and never. Okay. You've all heard the always and never thing, but I was actually doing it. One thing, one time meant always forever. You are always late. No, they're probably not always late, but if they were late once, your brain goes all or nothing and it goes straight to always. One thing, one time meant never forever. You never help me. I'm pretty sure that the people around you that love you actually do, but the one time they don't, you process it just like you used to. And it immediately goes to you never. And I found myself doing that. And, and I still catch myself doing that once in a while. Um, when I was in my former relationship, I don't know. I don't know if, if this might have 
this might have started actually earlier because when I think about this actual thought process, I think I had it before that. Um, it's either black or it's white. Okay, it's hot or it's cold. It's all right or it's all wrong. It's very good or it's very bad. You know, if if things were not totally perfect to me, it was a total failure. This this one was huge for me. You know, perfectionism took over because in the toxic relationship, you are constantly hoping to gain acceptance and to gain approval. Well, if you're perfect, maybe you'll get accepted. And you get on this trend of being perfect everywhere. And, and you feel like you have to excel and you feel like you have to achieve and you feel like you have to overdo and you have to be successful. And if you don't do it perfectly, you fail miserably at everything. You may as well just quit. And I had fallen into the perfectionism huge. Um, if I, if I don't feel like I am perfect for my husband, I, it would just devastate me. And I would go into the, oh, he was right. Nobody's ever going to love me. And I'm going to screw up every relationship I'm in. And because if it wasn't 100% perfect all the time, it was, it meant the relationship was over. I didn't know that you could have difficult conversations calmly and come to an agreement. The minute I felt the difficult conversation come on, my brain said, yep, you did it again. Here you are. You're by yourself because you just ruined this whole thing. No, I didn't. He literally just wanted to talk to me about something that really wasn't that big a deal. But I felt conflict and I immediately reverted to total failure as usual. And that's been hard. I've, I've had to learn to put gray area back in and I've had to learn to put lukewarm back in. And it's a lot more comfortable when it doesn't have to be 100% perfect. It can be 99% perfect and it's actually still fine. Where it used to be, if it wasn't 100% perfect, it was 100% crap. Um, I also felt that the negative thoughts that I had were actually true. If I was feeling guilty, I must be a bad person or I must have done something to feel guilty for. If I was sad, I must be depressed. And if I was angry, I must have anger issues and I must be irrational. If I felt like I was upset, I must be an overreactor. If I felt like I was alone, I deserve it. So I would take my feelings and I would validate, yep, this is why you feel like that. And it turned me into a absolutely pessimistic person because I'm trying to find myself and I have these types of thoughts going through my head. The other thing I have always done and I have to catch myself and the people around me that love me, help me. I 100% over-exaggerate my shortcomings. I'm trying to be perfect over here. But if somebody says, I like your hair, I go, oh, it's dirty. I over-exaggerate my shortcomings, my faults, the things I'm not perfect at. And I downplay my achievements and my good qualities and my accomplishments. And part of that comes from, I was told everything about all my faults. So I don't know if it, if I was trying to beat people and tell them I had faults before they realized I had faults, but I, I have really worked on accepting and celebrating my achievements and being proud of the things I've done and not downplaying everything and not upplaying every little thing that's wrong with me because even though we try, nobody's perfect. And if you're going to stand on the perfect scale, you're going to feel really bad a lot of the time. And I have, I have worked very hard for many, many years on, on these type of things. And I have tried to get ahead of the negative thought pattern. And I never really had a lot 
of answers. I would just go into this black hole and I couldn't get out. And when you're experiencing emotional pain that is residual from an emotionally abusive relationship, or if you're in an emotional abusive relationship, you really just want somebody to understand. But when you try to tell them how you're feeling and you don't know how you feel and you don't know how to express it, you just feel misunderstood again. And it gets, it gets very lonely and it gets, gets very, very exhausting. And what do we do? All we do is beat ourselves up. We go right back to, you're not lovable. You're not good enough. You need to try harder. You need to do better. See, I told you so. It's always going to be like this. And there you go, down the rabbit hole. You know, these, these thoughts have, have caused complete turmoil, you know, in, in my healing process. But now I actually understand how they got there. For a long time, I thought I was in a toxic relationship. So all this residual stuff must be from the toxic relationship, right? Which means I can fix it. So I start fixing and I overcome and I have fixed and overcome a ton of stuff. But these negative thought patterns, because I didn't understand where they came from, debilitated me in healthy relationships, which then made me feel awful about myself. And with that being said, I, I have, for me, found the most painful part of the healing journey. Now, throughout our relationships, our upbringings, and our environments, and just life, people that are around us are going to influence us, and we are changed by those people. You know, I kept feeling devastated about not being able to fix this. I can fix it. It was caused by this. I can fix it. I had to accept the fact that maybe I can't fix it. Because every time I couldn't fix it, it would happen again. There I would go, beat myself up. I can't believe this happened again and apologize. And I'm sorry I said that. And I don't mean to act like this. And I don't know why I act like this. And you, you feel absolutely frantic. And I kept feeling so bad for the person who just wanted to know how I felt. And now I, I've accepted the fact that I might not fix this. This might not be fixable. So, okay, this is something that happened to me and I've worked very hard to fix it. But now that I know where it came from and now that I've accepted it, I don't feel so strongly about fixing these negative thoughts and, and being scared when they show up that they're totally going to overtake me and ruin my day. Now I understand where they came from, which is a huge relief for me. Just knowing why they're there is so, so peaceful. And, you know, now that I understand it, it's not near as scary because I put strategies into place. Okay, if I can't fix it, let's figure out what I can do. So I have a plan. So when this happens, it doesn't affect me the same way. See, and you can find strategies anywhere. You can Google them. You can talk to your mental health professional. You can buy books. There, there's all sorts of different strategies on coping with negative thoughts. And every person is kind of going to pick one that fits them. And it is such a relief. I promise you, if you're one of the ones that's spiraling and, and not being able to accept yourself because you can't figure out why you process things and why you can't communicate your feelings, you know, this person that came into my life never ever 
ever felt like I had to fix anything. It turns out he, he was just a good person. He never wanted to control me. He never wanted to control my feelings. He was genuine. And he truly wanted to know what I felt. I didn't even, I didn't even know that existed after going through what I went through. In fact, someone who is emotionally healthy for you, they want what's best for you. They want you to be you. They don't want to control you. And they want you to know your own feelings and they want you to be independent. That is all he wanted. It was never, ever about me being good enough or me having to fix myself. Him asking me how I felt was legitimately, I want to know how you feel. And I don't want to tell you or you to think that I want you to feel this way. So I hope all of you, um, you're all going to go through your healing processes different. And there's going to be stuff that you're so sick of because it keeps coming up that you just, you want to disappear. But there's going to be people out there that are really good for you. And when you know those people are good for you and they're asking you how they feel, how you feel, it's because they care. And I really started pinpointing different times throughout the day, exactly how I feel. And I'm not allowed to use happy and I'm not allowed to use sad and I'm not allowed to use mad. I want to know the definition of as many emotions as I can so I can feel every single one of them. And I can know why I'm feeling every single one of them. And I can know what caused it and I can know what to do about it. And maybe they're happy, maybe they're not, maybe they're unpleasant, maybe they're pleasant. There's all sorts of emotions. And I went through my whole life thinking there was three and eventually all three of those were numb. So the most painful part of my healing journey was me not realizing that there was a healing journey that needed to be done. So I kind of got blindsided, but I worked very hard and I discovered myself. And I will tell you, I would never be the person that I am today if I wouldn't have gone through that relationship and then had to go through the healing process. Yeah, it's scary. It's all scary because you don't know how to do it. But it's also an adventure because you get to decide who you are. What are your values? What do you stand for? What do you want? What do you want to do with your life? When people start asking you that, you don't think they really want to know. You think they're being nosier. They're going to use it against you. No, there's people out there that really want to know. And I, I love the fact that I had to go through it. I shouldn't say I loved it. I didn't love that. Scratch that. I am grateful that I had to go through the healing process because it has, it has really helped me understand me and helped me understand myself far before the toxic relationships entered my life. Kind of keep track. You know, if, if you're healing, whether you're in the relationship and you're starting to work on yourself or you've decided to leave, start keeping track of what you think is the hardest part of healing. Because as time progresses, you're going you're gonna to realize what you thought was the hardest part isn't the hardest part, but the hardest part of discovering yourself is also the funnest and the most rewarding part.